on this week's episode hawkeye hits a bullseye for disney plus are we entering the house of gucci and are we hungry for a slice of licorice pizza all this and more as we reach our next stop the pcc multiverse Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break. Vampires and Vitae, and everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. In fact, we are the number one, numero uno, tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. We have a number of games each and every week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, we dropped tons and tons of news stories, articles, and anything relating to the world of pop culture that we think we need you to know. That's right here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So please like our page so you get the latest news and information, all the video interviews that we do, and also all the tabletop RPG action with DM Mitch, with Roger, with Victor, with Rob, and my co-host. It is greatly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is the mastermind. I'll add in again, evil mastermind behind many of said games on pop culture cosmos you got to check out what she's doing today with her awesome shows starting with her biggest hit vampires and vitae plus also as well i do not want to go ahead and underestimate all the great things she does with warlocks and whiskey and also as well wizards and wine it is my good friend indeed it is melinda barkhouse and melinda great to have you back my friend this was one of the best weeks ever for <laughs> pop culture news because I think I'm going to go into a nerd crime, Melinda, because two of the greatest things that's happened to me in Nerdville <laughs> happened this week. Oh, gosh. Okay. Tell me all about it. <laughs> well, this has been actually a prophetic year for me in okay. Pop Culture Cosmos because for years I have been asking for a Black Widow movie. And sure enough, came out mm-hmm. almost too little too late, but it did come right. out. Yep. Yeah. I wish it would have come out sooner, but that's another story altogether. We already touched on that on many occasions during the course of when it was out in the box office. But this week, not one, but two of my favorite pop culture properties got mentions as far as development is concerned. The oh, first man. of which, and all this drops with Josh and I, because we, Josh and I have been talking about this for years. And once you know, this drops the day after 
Josh and I record. <laughs> of course. And that is Ridley Scott in his interview trail doing the car wash, the publicity car wash, as they call it, when you're going mm -hmm. through it and doing all the interviews. And there he's talking about what is he still doing at 83? What is he still doing to keep motivated? What projects is he still into? And two of the things that he mentioned is an alien TV series coming up that he's developing, but also a Blade Runner TV series that's in the works. Yes. yes. And I, I did hear so about happy. that yes. and immediately thought of you. <laughs> so yes. So alien for Josh and Blade Runner for both of us and everybody here at the Pop Culture Cosmos that loves Blade Runner. Going to yeah. be seeing a continuation. May not be the third movie yet that we sorely, sorely need from Denis Villeneuve or Ridley Scott. Would love to see that. But hey, he's developing a pilot for the Blade Runner TV series. We don't know who was attached to yet. For the alien side of it, it is already attached to Hulu because that's a Fox property. So that's already a done deal right there. God forbid they would show that on Disney Plus, but that's another story altogether. But yes, <laughs> he is developing at the same time concurrently a Blade Runner and Alien series. And I know Josh is going to want to talk about that on the Monday show. So that's not going to slip by him. But the other <laughs> big news is that yes. Deadline reported that they're not only talking about what they brought out with Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime, which people need to check out. It's gotten very positive reviews and it really looks like it's something that people need to get into and you've got amazon prime uh, subscriberships up there so you please there's no excuses check yeah. it out check yeah. it out it's really worth your while but in talking about amazon's wheel of time they also talked about the lord of the rings series that's coming next year right how it's already developed a second season where they moved from new zealand to england they're now doing their second season now in the uk okay they also talked about Something I have been burning, burning <laughs> at both ends on every soapbox I could actually get onto for years now. And that is right above my head on this side, oh. right there. And that is Mass Effect. Uh -huh. Mass Effect TV series is rumored. They're circling around. Amazon is circling. So it's not confirmed, but they when they say they're circling and Deadline is already reporting on it, that means it's the gears are turning. I have to admit, Gerald, of, of all of the games that you and I have played in together, I think I don't think I have ever seen you more excited than when we were playing the Mass Effect RPG. Yes. <laughs> it's just something I've, I've loved so much. You, you know, know, everybody has their thing, Gerald, and Mass Effect for you for RPGs was definitely it. <laughs> yes, yeah. that was the most fun. Shout out to Mitch. He does a great job DMing those type of games and Hoping to get a chance to uh, sit in a game with him at the not too distant future, but it is Mass Effect. Amazon is circling around a possible series, and then actually to get this far to be reported on Deadline means it's close to fruition. So this is something I've been sorely asking for for years, even before I started the Pop Culture Cosmos show. I was talking about this way back when when Legendary had the rights to a film to make a movie of it back when they were just making films and we're talking about something like this for a series, they were talking about this just in, in, in retrospective movie. That's around 2011 when mass effect three came out and that series was already at its height and its build. They were talking about doing a movie at that time and legendary held on the rights for years, but it seems like Amazon now is securing the rights or at least in the process to. So for deadline to mention this, <laughs> Give me a nerd cry, Melinda. Give me a nerd cry. 
well, maybe perhaps Nerdy Santa is just coming to you early this year. Oh my gosh. It's just the best week yeah. ever for pop mm -hmm. culture for me. I mean, all these things I've been asking for finally starting to come true this year. Yeah, I'm happy for you if they just go ahead and finally do it. <laughs> just so thrilled. Just so thrilled. Just overcome with emotion. Yes. And I know Josh and I are going to talk more about this on the Monday episode yeah. because you know he will talk alien for an mm -hmm. alien TV show. So I'm sure his brain is running a mile a minute on that, on what Ridley Scott said this past week. And also as well, we'll be talking Mass Effect. So check that out on Monday's show. Looking forward to that indeed. But for this week's show, we still got plenty more to talk about, including you've got an interview on tap, don't you? Coming I up do. after the uh, half hour break? Yeah, I do. I managed to wrangle Martin and Katie, who are two of the creators of Defiant, which we touched on last week. It's very late in the night in Poland, but I managed to get a hold of them. And we just had like a, a super casual, laid back conversation. Me as both a fan and a backer of their Kickstarter. I do want to be upfront about that. I did kickstart it, but I got nothing for doing this interview. I just want to let everybody know that off the bat. Nothing other than a little bit of satisfaction in my nerdy heart talking to a creator of a did property you, that I've grown to. Really a nerd cry? Yeah, I, almost nerd cry. And that's coming up after the half hour break. Melinda's interview with the folks behind the Defiant Tabletop RPG, which you can support today as well. Plus, also as well, our holiday gift guide on the back end of the show with some of our ideas as far as things that you might want to pick up after the big bad rush of the holiday season as far as Black Friday is concerned. There's still many things you're probably going to have to get before Christmas. So we'll go ahead and mention some of the things that we like that maybe you'll like as well coming up on the back end of the show. Plus, we're going to be talking about three movies coming out this weekend because Encanto... The House of Gucci, 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 mm -hmm. and the worst Italian accent I could do, and licorice pizza. So we'll talk about that on the back end of the show as well. But for the rest of the few minutes that we have left on this front side, I caught the first two episodes of Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. I haven't watched yet. We've got Hawkeye to catch up on. We have Wheel of Time to catch up on. We were busy watching Cowboy Bebop. Yes. What do you yeah. think of Cowboy Bebop so far? I've seen five episodes. What did you lot, like it? Though. I've really enjoyed it. You I know, know it's this is so divisive out on the internet right now. It really I, is. I'm in, your thoughts on Cowboy Bebop? You know what? I'm uh, really enjoying it. And I know that before the show came out, there was some talk. It's all a non-issue. Just sit down and enjoy the show. Uh, really, it's quirky. Uh, it's stylistic. What I love, over you, the top. It's, it's the, yeah. the very first episode is almost shot by shot the same as the first episode of the anime. Yeah, which I adored. I thought that was very very smart. They were like, "Hey, look, we can do this, or we can do this." And then the second episode, they just seem to be like ramping it up bit by bit by bit by bit. And yeah, we're hooked on it for sure. I am excited to get back into the rest of the series. I'm really enjoying what I see there. All three of the main characters deserve major props as far yeah. as it's concerned. Because I, I think they are really good. And they, you know what? They Most importantly, they really work well together. Seemingly, a lot of people are like, we're very worried about how this is going to fit and how this is going to work out. And, you know, they weren't sure if this could you know, be something that is going to click. And I know that's still all over the internet and all over the critics. It's like some are loving it, some are hating it. 
what happens is you get so caught up in trying to make sure that the the IP that you love remains the IP that you love when it comes out in a in an interesting way i think you get so caught up in trying to make sure that it stays close to the original that you forget to just sit back and have fun does it show does it keep your interest that's the bottom line and if it does then it must be at least okay well i just want to say this josh is like you he is familiar with the anime and Mm -hmm. is like you and he gave it a positive review with me i haven't seen the anime and i'm giving it a positive review i kind of actually think if you haven't seen it you might like it more. Come here, husband. What did you think of Cowboy Bebop? Oh, Robbie Ross, who's on yeah, with here. us here. Say hello. Hello. Headphones. What, if I'm what did you? Okay, hang on. What did you think of Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> many, many things. <laughs> um, I, I think that the preliminary press heard it. I think that, unfortunately, a very understandable reaction from the, our main lead female before any context was around was justified from her but it wasn't good for the marketing aspect of the actual project because if you watch it she's pretty fantastic i think she kind of nails the character the ideas everything that valentine was about because i think that the show was actually quite good was it exactly what it was in the comic book no but like you're never going to be able to do that unless you're specifically doing that with something like sin city yes sin city that was made to be a shot by shot redo but that's not what they're shooting for with Cowboy Bebop. But I also did really enjoy the show. Same here, so, my friend. Same here. What I've seen so far in five episodes, I really like. And I want to get back to it. Although you both and I have a ton of stuff we have to catch up on here. That's amazing that all the stuff came out. I told Melinda that November would be a busy month. And it is. Know, it is. I mean... There's nothing better than watching TV shows and having uh, leftover Thanksgiving sandwiches <laughs> as you're dripping a little bit of cranberry juice on your brand new sweater that you got for the Thanksgiving ideal. So yeah, I mean, this is prime time for people that are looking to jump into shows because you may be off, you may have an extra week you know, for the holidays. This is when they kind of drop their big ones. And there's so much more coming out too. Oh gosh. Yeah. Did your Wheel of Time is out? It's all the way out. It's on Prime right now? Yeah. Yes. I did not First know three that. episodes already out and then dropping new ones every Friday. That's the one that we're not going to unpack on this one because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sit with you for a full three hours if you want to go over Wheel of Time. Fair uh, yeah, but, but I do want to see the show first before I have any opinions. And I think that's kind of a, a bad thing that's happening in society right now. How can you make an opinion on a trailer? Mm-hmm. You know, like watch it first and then have your hot take. It's my personal opinion. It is Robbie Ross. You got to check out his whimsical one shot every oh, yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> Plus, also, we'll catch him as part of the demolition force as we go ahead and find any which way to give havoc to Roger's Day, the GM that for our Monday show, any way we can every Monday on the Pop Culture Cosmos. But, Robbie, well, thanks, yep. can't wait to hear your thoughts <laughs> on Warhammer. Next week, Next man, week. I, uh, we got, uh, it's not just me, the, the community as itself, when it comes to uh, Warhammer, they're in a tiff. Do you really want to jump into this? Because Warhammer <laughs> is a, uh, is it, it's she's a, a beast. She's a beast. And there's a lot of different, of course, I mean, opinions. Oh God. Did, I know we're a cute couple, but did we have to match? I know. Too? Anyway, uh, thank you for having me on. I'll see you guys next week and uh, we'll be talking about some Warhammer stuff. There you go. Can't wait for the ugly Christmas sweaters. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. 
okay, wait, wait, I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obver obvination. Ob- ob- <laughs> Close enough. Obvulation. It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can. You are still naked. Oh God! The music stops, and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh God! This is. The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two, to pop culture cosmos. So before we hit the half hour break. I want mm. to touch on Hawkeye real quick and the three yes. movies that are coming out this weekend. So Hawkeye came out to Disney Plus, the first two episodes. Hopefully you get a chance to see it. It sets up Kate Bishop's character, plus okay. also as well what Hawkeye is doing in New York. I'll leave it at that. So if you haven't caught it yet, please go ahead and do so. I will say that I've got pretty good vibes from it so far. I know it's a slow burn and it's going to be for everyone out there. But the diehard themes, it's setting itself to be something like that. And by the end of the second episode, you start to see it trend towards that diehard type feel. So it is trending in a good situation. You start seeing some things that are setting up. There is some character building that really works and some that needs a little bit more work and some that needs a little bit less screen time. But for the most part, Kate Bishop, the character that is being built in this series, really is doing well. Haley Steinfeld is really doing a good job. She is born to play this character. I really have nothing but the greatest things to say about her. Jeremy Renner is along for the ride. You know, it works in this situation because he's very frustrated that he just can't have a Christmas (laughs) with his family. So everything is going awry in his his life. So hopefully his comments during interviews in regards to, you know, his character and how long his character was going to be around. I hope they don't come to fruition as far as an ending for him, because I like to see his character continue even beyond this Hawkeye series. So we'll see. But I know this is geared also as a setup for the Kate Bishop character. And Haley Steinfeld, I think, is doing a really great job. So, Melinda, when you do go ahead and catch the first two episodes of Hawkeye, I think you'll really be pleased that you did. Fantastic. And you'll know because I, as soon as I watch something that we've talked about, I message you through the yes, whole you. thing. I'm at any time of the day, we were talking at CSI Vegas at like one o'clock in the morning. And yes, I <laughs> yes. remember, you know, but I'm up, I'm editing, you're editing. So it doesn't really right. matter. So we're always yeah, editing something. Yes. <laughs> I think when you and I die on our gravestones, it says still editing. There yeah. you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a great epitaph. All right. I got to write but, that down. But if you <laughs> have any thoughts out there on Hawkeye on Disney plus the first two episodes or cowboy bebop, the series, if you finished it, I'm trying to see what I can do to finish it this weekend. Good luck on that with everything out there, including star Trek discovery, blade runner, black Lotus arcane and everything else that's coming out. I'm going to try and do what I can to go ahead and finish it. But if you have thoughts on the very controversial and divisive cowboy bebop, please let us know. Pop culture gospels at yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, Melinda, I wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick about three movies that have hit by the time people hear this on their podcasts and radio outlets. Three movies will have hit, but they were released on Thanksgiving. And that is, first off, Disney's Encanto, which should be the box office leader of all three. 
this is going to be something that could earn as much as 70 to 100 million dollars worldwide in its first weekend which would be a good for something that didn't get as much ad or screen time as i i thought it would or thought it should for a thanksgiving movie i I mm-hmm. saw more advertising on the House of Gucci, to be quite honest with you. But Disney Same, Encanto, yeah. when it, while it isn't maybe getting as much advertising time, it is getting a lot of positive reviews out there as Disney's Encanto. IGN just absolutely loved this film. I know that a lot of other reviewers have absolutely really enjoyed this film, uh, comparatively speaking to some of the other stuff that's come out recently from Disney Animation. So I'm really thinking that that a lot of people are enjoying their time so far with this. So I know that this is going to set up again as the box office winner this weekend. It probably will not do as well as Ghostbusters Afterlife this past weekend or The Eternals. But still, for a Disney animated movie where families are still kind of reluctant to take their kids out in times like these, what are your thoughts on Disney's Encanto? I am looking forward to seeing it. It's probably not one that I'm going to hit up the theater for, but I am looking forward to seeing it. I always enjoy sitting down to to watch some Disney movies. I always have time for that. So if I can break myself away from re-watching The Emperor's New Groove and Beauty and the Beast <laughs> on Disney+, Plus, as soon as it hits Disney+, Plus, I'll definitely be taking that one in. I, I think it looks absolutely, it looks beautiful, first of all. I love the animation that I've seen so far for it. Yes. It looks whimsical and fantastical and magical. I know that's a little on the nose because that's kind of what it's about. But yeah, no, very excited for it. I will definitely be making some time to check that one out. This one looks like it's a really good story. It's uh, based in the mountains of Colombia. It looks like it's something that really people will enjoy. I love the fact that Disney and Pixar are just going through the gambit of different cultures to just educate younger audiences and everyone about the different cultures that are around this great world of ours. So hopefully people get a chance to see it. It is getting solid reviews right now. It's got an average of 76 on Metacritic. So people are really liking what they're seeing from Encanto. But before we hit the break, two other movies are hitting Mm -hmm. this Thanksgiving. And one is the house of Gucci. So get your bad Italian accents out there. This one is really being divided. This one seems to me a lot like Cowboy Bebop because the reviewers either love this movie or absolutely loathe this movie. And they cannot say enough about it. Lady Gaga obviously is in the leading role with Adam Driver. Jared Leto under tons and tons of prosthetics where you can't even recognize what he looks like. It just is amazing as one of the members of Gucci. Al Pacino's in this, Salma Hayek. An all-star cast is Ridley Scott's directing the film. I'm sad to see it's not getting the universally loved reviews. I plan to see this as well at some point down the line. Your thoughts on the House of Gucci. Gucci. I am intrigued by Lady Gaga as an actress. Sorry, as an actor. And I will forever be watching things that Lady Gaga does and the things that Lady Gaga puts out. I think that she's uh, an interesting artist. I think that she's compelling on screen. And I will probably be waiting for this one to hit some kind of streaming service. I don't think that I'll see this one in the theater either. But it's not because I'm not interested in the movie. I think it's just I'm not intrigued by Gucci enough to make my way out to the theater to see the movie 
Hey, what's the matter, you? Gucci, Gucci. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just Gucci, that, Gucci. You must buy five Gucci bags right now. Yeah, no, I can't afford All that. Right. Yes, Gerald, yeah, you don't yeah, pay yeah, me you enough. Buy, you buy, you buy. <laughs> but it is House of Gucci. It's available now out in the theaters at the box office. It'd be very interesting to see the kind of response from the box office that it gets. At the specialty box office is the last but certainly not least an individual who has earned a lot of acclaim for a lot of good movies in the 90s and 2000s, and that is director Paul Thomas Anderson, again, who I mentioned earlier as being the director of Boogie Nights. And as someone who grew up in the Southern California area, he again takes part in a movie that he directs that is directed on the San Fernando Valley in that area that he is, I guess, very familiar with because he loves going back to that area in the 70s. And so this takes place in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. This deals with two young protagonists, a young lady and a young man, about a growing of age story and about them falling in love and side characters, which are major actors like Bradley Cooper, Ben Stiller, Sean Penn, Maya Rudolph. They're all a part of this movie as well. John C. Riley who's been in Boogie Nights with Paul Thomas Anderson previously. They're all incorporated as side characters in this. The thing that gets me, though, it's not just Alana Haim as the leading lady in this. It's the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, his son, I oh, believe, wow. is playing okay. this. And mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, I have to check that for sure. Yeah, I'm going to check to see if that's the case. But your thoughts on licorice pizza, because again... This one is earning real high acclaim. This is actually getting a 93 on Metacritic. People are considering this as one of now the frontrunners for the Oscars. If the House of Gucci is not, they're considering this as. So I want to hear your thoughts on Licorice Pizza. Honestly, I have been apparently looking at all of the wrong things because I haven't really heard a lot about this film. Even though it has a lot of these larger actors, it is going a little bit under the radar. Sure. Yeah. And I'm wondering if perhaps my algorithms for the things that I, you know, routinely look at aren't keeping it from showing up on on any of my feeds or, or anything like that. That, that. This may be the case. Perhaps I'm a bit too geeky <laughs> for it to pop up on the screen. I don't know. But I am certainly intrigued by your description. So I'm going to have to go and, and make sure that I sit down and, and have a, a peek at the trailer and, and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, if that is the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, no, I, I mean, the title alone, Licorice Pizza. That's yes. interesting. I mean, I wouldn't want to eat that, but <laughs> I'll see what it's about. <laughs> uh, it, it's definitely something that is going to be very interesting come awards time if it's remembered and if it actually gets uh, actually. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is starring in there. So, okay. yeah, so it is. It is something, it is listed. I'm looking at two different articles now that, yes, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son starring in Licorice Pizza. So Cooper Hoffman. Ah. Cooper Hoffman is in the film. And yes, he's never acted professionally in a film, but he jumped into Licorice Pizza on this. So yes, he is in the film in a role. So look for Cooper Hoffman in this. Definitely looking forward to seeing Licorice Pizza when I get the chance. And hopefully Mm -hmm. everyone out there will as well. But If you have thoughts on this weekend's releases for the Thanksgiving movies of the weekend, including Encanto, Licorice Pizza, the very much beloved by critics movie that's out there in limited fashion. It's not exactly in wide release as much as the other big films. And then, of course, The House of Gucci, Gucci, Mm -hmm. 
which stars a big cast that's directed by Ridley Scott. If you're interested in Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, Selma Hayek, Jeremy Irons, they're all a part of this cast. If you want to check that out, please go ahead and do so. But if you have any thoughts on the films that have come out for this Thanksgiving, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is Melinda's interview with the creators of the fascinating tabletop RPG, Defiant. Is Melinda going to be defiant with the folks behind the Defiant RPG? We're going to find out next. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. I am Melinda from Pop Culture Cosmos, part of the multiverse. And today I am very excited because this was a project that I followed. Full disclosure, I did back the project and uh, I am eagerly awaiting my hard copy to come in the mail. And I happen to have uh, a couple of, I don't know, we could call you guys like key people. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess you could. Hi, I'm Martin. And I'm Kate. Thank you for having us. Of course. Oh, my God. What a pleasure. And uh, thrilled that you guys agreed to be part of it today. So if you guys could just briefly talk about what you did to get the Defiant story started. <laughs> okay. Just just uh, since you're not seeing this, we're just eyeing each other, just trying to figure out who would start. So I guess I'll go. Go ahead. We, uh, we are a couple of game designers from Poland. been designing games from early 20th century, 21st century, I'd say. About 2004 was the release of our first game. Yes. But we were designing and releasing games, in uh, publishing games in Polish. And about 2014, we decided that maybe it's time to, to look for broader audience, to try to make it <laughs> outside in, in, in the West, as they say in Poland. And we decided we want to try to write an RPG game in English. And it was a It was easier said than done. Oh, definitely easier <laughs> said than done. It was quite a challenging experience. But uh, after, well, a few years, we managed to, to create uh, a PDF version and we put it on drive-thru just to see how folks would react. And since it, it did pretty well, I mean, it did better than we expected. So... About this time, uh, Kickstarter became available in Poland. I mean, it was available from the very beginning, but only if you wanted to back a project. You couldn't uh, create your own project on Kickstarter in Poland. Last year, it became available, so we figured, why not give it a try? Why not start a campaign to to get Defiant in print? And here we are today. The, the project did fund. We're now on our way to getting the printed copies to our backers like like you, Melinda. I'm so excited to get my copy. Uh, now, uh, Kate, I want to talk a little bit about the aesthetic of the game because that was definitely one of the first things that kind of caught my eye. And I can't remember exactly how I came across your project, but as soon as I did, I was like, oh, where's my wallet? Because I need this game. Uh, so can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about like the artistic uh, decisions that you guys made for Defiant? You know, the first decision that we had to make was we cannot afford art. 
it was it is very expensive in the early 2000s uh, in Poland the art for rock playing games was pretty cheap and uh, we didn't have this problem when we realized defiant is a serious project and we wanted to have it in print eventually we started to look for for artists that we liked on, online but when we heard their rates, uh, which are, uh, I'm sure, uh, very uh, fair rates, however, we, we uh, realized that we cannot uh, afford it. So we started to look for other ways to create art. And after um, trial and error, so to speak, Martin actually created a, a way to, to make those illustrations for Defiant with the use of AI and, of course, stock photographs, but also with our own uh, color palette. First, we wanted to use the, this art mainly for the PDF version, version uh, but we were really surprised uh, people really liked this <laughs> the art. We made it better and better over time, and I think it, the final version will have some uh, a little bit upgraded Yeah, it art. will be upgraded. I mean, yeah, because when we first started with the art, it was kind of a placeholder art, just something that we wanted to be there because we knew that we couldn't afford the real professional artists. But uh, over time, especially since our algorithms and the AIs that we used got better and our skills got a bit better, I guess, we came to a point where we were pretty satisfied with the art. Not, not like we didn't think like it was the best thing in the world, but it had its own uh, style. And uh, so we were fitting, fitting yeah, the fitting, genre, fitting the, 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 genre, the genre, definitely. And we felt like we can do this in a PDF, not in the printed version, but, you know, it's good enough for the PDF. I mean, why why not? Mm -hmm. But the, the feedback we got from the book, from our well readers was, well, we like the book, we like what we read, but we definitely love the art. So <laughs> <laughs> we had to rethink our priorities. <laughs> I think we're sticking with it for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, honestly, the, the illustrations in it are just, they're stunning. They're beautiful. If you're looking at the art, you come to a pretty good conclusion that this game could have a tendency to be a little more adult than perhaps like Dungeons and Dragons, for example. And I know that you guys counted the World of Darkness and Vampire the Masquerade in particular as one of your influences for the game. So can you talk a little bit maybe about what you drew from a couple of the other RPGs? Because I know you guys have done a ton of research on the different RPGs that kind of helped guide you along the uh, creation path. You might call it research. I'd say we just played a lot of games. But... <laughs> That is research. Yeah, we've been playing RPGs since early 90s, so yeah. we had some time to... That's the best thing about being a role-playing designer. You can do your research and have fun along the way. Well, yeah, we did write about uh, Vampire the Masquerade because it was the obvious one. I mean, if you were playing the, the more uh, demanding games in the 90s, then Vampire was your obvious pick. I mean, yes. it was the game to play in the 90s, right? Yeah. As uh, we wrote in the book... Uh, our relationship with the vampire is actually actually a complicated one because I like to think of it as a um, parent-child relation where at first we were like, we loved vampire. Everything was awesome about vampire. And mm -hmm. it's like a child and your your parent is like the best person in the world because you're a little child and, and you love everything about them. And then once you grow up, in this case, you grow up as a designer, uh, you, you begin to see things that you don't like and you enter this teenage stage where you hate everything about your parents <laughs> now because, you know, they're the worst and they did everything wrong and you would do it so much better because obviously they're your parents, so 
Well, maybe this is something I could. <laughs> yeah, that's something for therapy, I guess. But no, jokes aside, then you, you grow, you mature, and then you start to realize, yeah, there are some bad things and some awesome things about the game. Currently, I, I have to say that Vampire is a great game that influenced us a lot. Some things we took from there because we found them perfect and excellent and loved to have it in our game. In other times, there were things like we knew we didn't want this specific thing in our game because we didn't feel like it works the way it should. Of course, I'm talking about all the uh, editions of Vampires. The, the fifth edition came out pretty much uh, the same time we were writing, so it was a bit too late to influence us uh, sure, to a yeah. full extent. But of course, we played the fifth edition and got all the all the books that came out till today. So, mm, it's still however, an game uh, for us. from the World of Darkness, I think that uh, Changeling: The Lost was a big influence on Defiant because this is a game where you have have courts and courtly life. We really like to play uh, Changeling. However, we thought we can make the courtly aspect of and most social aspect of the game different and more complex like it is in Defiant. Sure, yeah. I mean, when Changeling the Lost came out, it was a game changer for me. It was like an eye-opening role-playing experience, something completely different. To this day, I believe Changeling the Lost to be one of the best RPGs out there. Definitely. Can you tell me a little bit about your game? <laughs> because honestly, like the, the parts, and I have to confess, I haven't had a chance to read through all of it yet, but I have a couple of friends online who've agreed to, you know, kind of help me play the game and, and sort through rules and, and all of that kind of stuff. So we've gone through character creation, which I have mm. to admit, I was super skeptical about uh, when I was first reading it, but... I stuck with it. I printed the cards. I had a little arts and crafts project. I took the paper. I stuck them to cardstock. So I have like actual cards that I've made myself. And we did the thing where we dealt cards to everybody and they get to like flip card nine on this panel. And, you know, we went through all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it really does, to my surprise, create incredibly dynamic characters and that was one of the things that I was a little bit concerned about because it's a role of fate when you're just picking cards to determine what your character is going to be it's no good to come to defiant and sit down at the table with like a preconceived character because that's probably not what you're going to end up playing but that's a good thing yeah we believe so as well <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't make it this way and thank you for giving it a try yeah, yeah, yeah thank you course. for sticking with it I yeah. mean uh, I know it's hard and I, I'm guilty of this on so many occasions when I take a game and I and just straight after reading it so I'm like no I can do this better I, I'll just get rid of this and it always turns out wrong it, it's always good to, to give the one chance to the offers to, to do it their way uh, I'm really glad you, you enjoyed the character creation this was one of an, the important uh, things that came out actually during beta tests, uh, beta tests, I believe, that it's not if you have different people and not everyone had the chance to read the book thoroughly, they may have different ideas about what Defiant really is, which is okay. Uh, Especially with the genre, when people have preconceptions about what are the fallen angels or Leviathans or or Infernal, uh, so so it's really difficult to get people on the same page in a short span of time. Sure, yeah. yeah so the idea was to get the people on the same page during the character creation using the cards using the structure of the character creation to to let the people connect and kind of work out how they all feel about defined during the the process mm -hmm. uh, i had uh, three players that we went through character creation with they were all very dynamic characters and once they had a chance to like step away from the table 
and then develop their court and all of that kind of stuff. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, as the person who will be in the quote unquote storyteller role, a majority of my work is done through character creation. All I have to do is come up with those arcs for each episode, you know, kind of develop that political intrigue a little bit more. Actually, if it's your first game, you don't really have to worry about politics that much. I mean, sure, politics is fun, and, and uh, if you're up for it, then, then by all means go. But uh, on the other hand, I hope, all I can do is hope at this point, but I hope that Defiance can bring you quite a lot of fun without doubling into like the complicated political structure of Defiance. It's awesome to do this once you get the hang of the game, but start with simple things like partying and stuff and it usually works because in defiant you have those uh character questions on on uh, the the personal themes so each character can ask questions during scenes and Mm -hmm. introduce new elements into the scene by by asking the question because when you as the gm answer them you introduce new elements to the scenes like you've got a warrior character in, in your group and the whole group is Pretty much about pretty much about court life and just wants to I don't know have fun and play intrigues and stuff. But the warrior character can also always ask the question: What fight is about to break out here? You as the GM don't have to worry about this. They will introduce it by asking the question, and all you have to do is just find a way to answer it in a creative way, and so that's fun for everyone. Yeah, it's incredible, and I like that. I mean, player characters always do have a little bit of control over the game. Like, they they can make decisions and and take the story in a certain direction by the decisions that they've made. But with Defiant, if I have read it properly, and excuse me, I apologize if I haven't, the storyteller is there as somebody more to paint the scene and to bring in those important pieces of the story arcs as it's going. And the players really are in control more so of the story than the the gm right yeah i think you can you can say that but the important thing about the gm's role is also to create mirrors for the character yes for all the characters and this is the powerful tool for the gm to make sure that everything is about the characters even if you have an intrigue or or some storyline that you want to tell every npc will be a mirror of one of the characters so that way every story is always about the characters and they're not merely a part of it or or the the heroes of the story the story is just about them there is nothing more mirrors are basically npc concepts that somehow resonate with one of the player characters like Let's get back to the example of the warrior. If you've got a warrior character in the group, the mirror might be a veteran warrior who doesn't really fight anymore, or a peace-loving angel who hates war and fighting in any form, or another warrior that just wants to prove they're better than the character, and so on and so on. So mirrors are, are NPCs created in a way that resonate with each of the player characters. You guys actually already are working on some expansion stuff for the game, right? Yeah, sure. Especially since we already <laughs> told everyone we will during the Kickstarter <laughs> campaign. We're just finishing now Defiant Birthright. This is a, a small supplement that introduces four new origin exclusive themes that players can choose during character creation. Origins, sorry, again, with the <laughs> <laughs> explanations. Origins are like the type of I'd say races, urban fantasy type of races that you can play. Like there are four origins, the angels, the daiva, like the, the old gods of old that uh, have reo- reawoken into the world. 
the Leviathans, like draconic creatures in human forms, and the Infernal, who escaped hell to, to live uh, among our defiant. The game does as well take place during the apocalypse. It's definitely an urban fantasy game, meaning you it's a modern kind of world that looks pretty much the same as ours. But there is an apocalypse raging outside of the domains, the, the places where you play. So you play in a modern-looking, kind of normal-looking kind of, kind of a city, but outside the city, outside the domain, there is an apocalypse raging, yeah. So aside from drive through RPG, do you have any plans to have like physical copies in game stores, or is that like years down the road, or is that just something you're not interested in? Hopefully it's months down, down the road. Sure. What we're focusing on right now is, well, the Kickstarter campaign. We want to make sure that everyone gets their, their printed copy by February, fingers mm -hmm. crossed, because with everything going around, you know, we're doing our best. And I think the February is still pretty much uh, the, the month that everyone will get their copy. And after this is done, after we know that the backers got what they were promised to get, we want to focus on, on getting the print copies into bookstores as well as creating some new content. But the thing we need to focus the most right now is, is the Kickstarter campaign and delivering on our promises. Guys, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure, an absolute delight. Anytime you guys want to talk about anything you guys have going on with Defiant, please let us know here at Pop Culture Cosmos uh, because we will be more than happy to uh, have a chat with you guys and, and talk about what you're doing. Just a big fan of your work and a big fan of your vision. I wish you nothing but the absolute best. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure and I will definitely will be happy to, to come and talk to you again in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Oh my gosh, um, you guys, it was an absolute pleasure, honestly. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's a PC Multiverse. Melinda, that was a tremendous interview that you had with the folks behind the Defiant RPG. Any last thoughts on your interview or did you want to go ahead and any special word or give anybody a shout out or just tell everybody once again where they can get a hold of the Defiant RPG with more knowledge on it? Our interview was a half an hour. I'm sure we could have talked for two hours because we were just really set it up as like a, a this little casual conversation. So there were a couple of things that we didn't get to that they wanted to make sure I mentioned for them. You can still pre-order the book through the Kickstarter page. So if you go to Kickstarter and just do a search for Defiant, you will find the book and then you can order a copy of the hardcover book when it's released. They're still counting on February. They do have their supplement for the book coming out on Monday. So you can check that out. It's a little bit of a, a fix or maybe an alternate take on one of the origins that are in the book. Give it a chance because uh, I think that hard, fast role players are really going to dig this game and, and really enjoy it a lot. So I can't talk about it enough. And I'm sure that people close to me are very tired of hearing about Defiant. 
No, no, I don't think they are. They want to hear more about why Defiant could be the next great tabletop RPG. So yeah, it's just it's an intriguing game. It's very RP heavy, and as the storyteller or the the GM of the story, you kind of follow the players' leads. You don't really use your story arc. You you have the idea of what you want to do, and then you sit down at the table, and the players have different mechanics that they can use to add things to scenes and take things out of scenes and move things in different directions. The GM is there to paint the picture and to insert NPCs as necessary. It's it's really interesting. I like it a lot. Please check out on Kickstarter today, Defiant RPG, and I'll come right up for you and go ahead and support this great tabletop RPG coming up in the not-too-distant future, Defiant. Before we head on out, And before we get into Cyber Monday, which I will go ahead and talk about with Josh, we'll sneak into some Cyber Monday deals in a Monday show. But for you and I, I wanted to go ahead and hit up some general holiday gift ideas that maybe people could go ahead and take with them, not just now and have to get this this weekend, but maybe in the next two, three weekends as an idea that pops in their head and say, you know what, that'd be a good idea for this person. That'd be a good idea for that person. So what do you have? On your plate, first off, as a great holiday gift idea for that pop culture lover in your life. Okay, mine is kind of taking the content creation side of pop culture. And I know that, for example, the backdrop that you usually see, the red and black that's behind us, it's down right now because we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. But um, that fabric came from fabric.com. I know that they have a, a sale coming up right now on a bunch of fabric. So what we did for ours, were we just went and we bought some one inch PVC pipe and some elbow joints and T joints. And that's what our background skeleton is. And then we just kind of made a pocket on the top of the fabric and we slipped those over the top. So the camera's on top of that. And that's pretty much our setup for vampires and vitae for the stream we got all of our stuff our fabric and things through fabric.com so if you're looking at doing something along those lines or you want maybe to change up the backdrop for your stream that's going to be a great option for you over the next little bit because i know that they do have some big sales coming up i also know as well and this is a bit more of an investment perhaps a christmas present to yourself Uh, If you've been looking to upgrade your streaming setup or your podcast setup, we are not in any way sponsored by Rode, but I am obsessed with the Rode products. So you see here, I'm using the pod mic. I also have the Rodecaster Pro as my board that we've been using to record all of our stuff. I know that Sweetwater has some pretty good deals on it. And it's basically, you open it up, you plug it into your computer, you plug in the microphones, and you're ready to record your podcast. It's that easy. And I know that a package with four microphones, the microphone stands in all of the cables that you need, they have that full setup for about $1,100, which is so much cheaper than what I paid for my setup when I first bought it. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, I know they also have a single host setup as well. So you still get the board with the four mic channels and, and your sound pads and all of that stuff. But instead, you get one microphone, one stand and the cord. And that's around like $750, $800. And that also is a steal because that's usually the price of the board itself. So if you're looking to up your game a little bit or you want to get into it, this is going to be some break-in prices for you if you want to do that. Another thing that I can speak to because we use them every single Sunday is our cameras that we use, we use the Elgato face cam and the Elgato face cams need USB threes. 
So it doesn't work on my laptop, but it works on my big computer. So keep that in mind if you're looking at those. And if you don't snap those up, I have a feeling that they're going to sell pretty quickly. One thing though, to keep in mind about the Elgato cameras is that they do not include microphones in those cameras. So you have to have separate audio for that particular camera. But the advantage is that you can control the ISO, you can control your shutter speed. That's uh, super handy. And you can save the settings. The cameras have their own little processors in them and you set them up one time. And then when you open up the software, it automatically reloads all of those settings back into the camera. So you don't have to go through readjusting everything every single time you open up your apps to run your cameras, which is huge. And what's the last thing I wanted to talk about? Oh, ring lights. I'm sure that those are going to be on sale somewhere. They have to be. It's like an essential piece of equipment for anybody who's looking at doing any kind of streaming. So keep an eye out for those. You're going to want 10 or 12 inches though. Those are the ones that I have found. I have ones that are like eight inches. They don't throw enough light and the rings aren't big enough to really get a wide area if that's what you're after. So you want a 10 or 12 inch ring light if you're looking to, to get a first time setup for that. Things to keep in mind if you are looking for a ring light. So I'm sure there's going to be some deals on some of those higher end ones. So keep that in mind too. Now for someone on a little bit budgetary notice, I would probably say Logitech cameras. Mm-hmm. Because Logitech cameras are solid, 1080s usually for the most part. But the Logitechs do have microphones built in if you want to just go ahead and have something basic for doing interviews. If you want to get into a little bit better accessories, then you probably want to get into some headsets. And I would probably say there are several headsets that are out there, whether it's Audio Technica or any other name brand that's out there. Make sure you test out for the microphone and read reviews on the microphones itself, primarily if you're going to use it for streaming. I mean, I've had great success with this one. You're going to see right around the $200. That's when you see, uh, I think, enough quality from the microphones to go ahead and use for streaming or podcasting purposes. Anything from 200 on up. Or they mm. could be on sale right now. A lot of them are on sale. Those $200 ones around 100 that, you know, a lot of them are taking $40, $50 off. So keep an eye out on some deals there. Sure and Blue microphones yes. are also yeah. on sale right now. I have seen several ads put on notice for ads for discounted Sure and Blue microphones. So they might not be as good as the pods, but they still oh. are very, very, very good and very highly rated. Absolutely. Yeah. For, you, for you, you can't go wrong with a Sennheiser microphone or a Shure microphone. Even their $30 versions of their microphones are still going to sound absolutely fantastic. So uh, that, that is absolutely an option. There you go. Absolutely. Yep. But, you know, brilliant suggestions from Melinda for me out there as well. I want to go ahead and add on a couple more things. If you were looking for another decent headset with crystal clear communication, that's actually geared more for the business environments probably say Aftershocks, OpenCom microphones are good for the business side of it, especially if you do a lot of stuff from remote as far as customer service, or you're dealing with a lot of teleconferencing or Zoom conferences, probably say that is a premium headset to go ahead and get. And I know those are running some really good prices right around $150. So you want to check out the Aftershocks OpenCom microphone, I'd go ahead and look into that. As far as on the maybe on the more pop culture side that we talk about with video games. I'm going to probably say everybody's talking about Halo Infinite coming out that first week of December. I want to talk about the other game that's coming out the first week of December that a lot of people should be aware of, and that's Dying Light 2, which has really looked good to me, really diverse, expands so much more upon the game itself from the previous first iteration and the fact that it gives you 
dialogue and life choices similar to what you saw originally in Mass Effect and choices that will affect your future in the game and how that how that transpires. I'm really looking forward to that as far as Dying Light 2. Of course, the traversal, the fighting, the things of that nature that you experience with the zombies and all that. Plus the fact that you're also fighting a lot of different factions, human factions within the group, makes the intrigue factor even higher as well for Dying Light 2. So while everything is going to go is for Microsoft with Halo Infinite, don't forget about Dying Light 2 coming out that first week of December. And last but not least, I want to point out that, yes, we noted on our Black Friday special that iArcade had a big Black Friday special going on with the arcade cabinets that it has. Well, the leader in home arcade cabinets, Arcade 1-Up, you shouldn't forget about them because they've got a nice variation of arcade 1-Ups, not only in regular outlets like Best Buy and Walmart and Target and all that, but if you go to arcade1up.com, you want to go ahead and check out what they've got. They've got a very interesting array of stuff there, especially if you're interested in specifics that are only available online. They've got a lot of great machines that are there. Everything from the Tron machine that's coming on the way to the Terminator 2 Judgment Day rail shooter machine that they've got there, Killer Instinct, Ridge Racer. They've got a parents and kids bundle where the parents have their own machine and the kids have their own tiny little machine you can get as a bundle that's so cute you got to check it out plus also <laughs> as well for those that love to go ahead at the arcades and take the go to the photo booth they've got a polaroid at home instant photo booth which is a great party deal uh, party gimmick that you could go ahead and buy there and looks really cool to have so go ahead and, and check that out plus all the dozens of arcade machines that they have at arcade one up Dot com really liking what i'm seeing there so they got digital pinball machines they got pong machines they've got obviously the old classics there as well so if you're interested in picking up a either a, a maybe a countercade for your countertop or a full fledged arcade unit go ahead and check out arcade1up.com any thoughts yes i want a pinball machine is that what there you're giving you me for my christmas bonus this year uh, maybe if the wisdom app helps us out on that, so we'll see. <laughs> but we'll see. We have to get done all that they're asking for from wisdom. So yeah, we'll right, 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 right. We'll see what happens there. But but it <laughs> tiny is details. tiny details indeed. But it is our holiday gift guide. Some of our holiday thoughts there. If you have thoughts on some great holiday gifts that you want to share with people, please go ahead and share your thoughts. It is popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or popculturecosmos on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Go ahead and share it with us today. Bill Leonard, he did a great job sending us his thoughts on all the great things that are going on in our previous episodes. We got your emails, Bill. We truly appreciate your thoughts on inflation in games, where the prices are going, how they were when they back when and how they are now. So we truly appreciate all your comments that we're going through it as we speak. So Truly appreciate everything out there. And also your thoughts on what we've been doing on the Monday show in regards to the memories we have of toy stores gone by. So thank you so much for the kind words and appreciation and your detail on your emails. And again, if you have any thoughts out there, please pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. You had a fantastic interview today with the folks from defiant, but so fun. Else? Sure. It was absolutely. It sounded fun. But any last thoughts on the way out? 
Yeah, pick up Defiant. If you have somebody in your life who plays any of the World of Darkness games or um, even D&D, the Defiant game is a completely different animal, but in a lot of really great ways. You can pick up the PDF now on DriveThruRPG, or you can go to kickstarter.com and you can pre-order the hard copy of the book, which will come your way sometime in February. There you go. Defiant, indeed. So for Melinda Barkhouse... This is Gerald Glassman. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.